Lord, as we approach this final month of the year, this first weekend of the last month of 2007, and we are also approaching the Christmas reminder, Lord, I pray that you would take us on a journey, just as we sang about in the song, the journey of delivering the baby unto the world. Take us on a journey where you deliver us into something new for the next year, Lord. I know Lord, that you have plans to prosper us. You have plans of a hope, and you have plans of a future, and we play a part in those plans. So speak to us in this, this next half hour or so about what it is, Lord, you want to deliver into our lives so that we can be delivered back to you. Give us the ears to hear what you're saying, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I feel like since it is December... And um, the stage is set. I can say this. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. So I've been wanting to say that for like two months because every time I go to Starbucks or something, I, it's, been, it's been Christmas since like July in there. <laughs> so we finally caught up to them. Um, in your handout, I, I, I put uh, the title of the message, Special Delivery, and I, I intimated in the opening prayer about what we're going to talk about, um, sort of a Christmas present from the Lord this year. And um, inside your handout, <clears throat> I put in a couple passages I want to talk about, the first one being John 1. But right above that, there's a little thing there, it's a bio for this week's speaker, that's me. And um, so I'm an associate pastor here at Cornerstone, if you don't know who I am, uh, part of our teaching team. I, I do a lot of work with the classes. We have a, a little extension site up the street where we teach classes on a lot of Sunday mornings, including, <coughs> excuse me, this January and February, we have a couple of series we'll be teaching up there. And uh, so I get to be part of that. I'm part of, you know, our small group development, part of a lot of things here at Cornerstone, um, and today I'm part of this, so that's cool. Um, John 1, and now we're talking about John the Baptist here. This was John's testimony, John the Baptist's testimony. When the Jewish leaders sent priests and temple assistants from Jerusalem to ask John who you are, who are you, he came right out and said, I'm not the Messiah. Well then, who are you? They asked. Are you Elijah? No, he replied. Are you the prophet we are expecting? No. Well, then who are you? We need an answer for those that sent us. What do you have to say about yourself? And John replied in the words of the prophet Isaiah, I am a voice shouting in the wilderness, clear the way for the Lord's coming. And then the Pharisees who had been sent asked him, if you aren't the Messiah and you're not Elijah and you're not the prophet, what right do you have to baptize? And John told him, well, I baptize with water, but right here in your midst, in the crowd, someone you don't even recognize. And though his ministry follows mine, I'm not, even, I'm not worthy to be his slave and untie the straps of his sandals. And he's talking about Jesus. He's saying, basically, it's kind of an interesting passage because the first thing they do is they ask him who you are. And he says, well, this is who I'm not. So, I mean, most people, when they ask me, who are you? I don't answer, well, I'm not Pastor Terry. So, <laughs> although I might start doing that because it gets a good laugh. Um, but it's an interesting way to answer the question, but he knows what they're really asking because there's this fervored pitch around what's going on with his ministry. He's baptizing. Looks like God is doing something 
again. And it had been several hundred years, 400 years or so since God had, uh, had spoke to his people. There's been this time of silence. And all throughout the Older Testament, there are stories of God intervening on behalf of his people. And one of them was Moses. Moses he, you know, delivered the people from slavery in Egypt. They parted the Red Sea. They went through the wilderness and into the Promised Land. And that's sort of the, the, the identity of these people. And all throughout their history, this had been going on. When they got into the Promised Land, they'd get in trouble. They'd forget about God. They'd get captured. They'd be in, they'd be in jail, enslaved again. And they'd cry out to the Lord for a deliverer, and he would send them somebody. And eventually their kingdoms crumbled because they forgot completely about the Lord. And they were sent into exile. And they said, God, deliver us from exile. We've been spread out and cast out of our own land. And God did that too. But now, at this point in time, there had been, it had been quiet for a while. And people were expecting this promised deliverer that you see in the Older Testament. This Messiah, the anointed king, the one who's coming to deliver them. He'll crush the Roman oppression. He'll put them back where they belong, exalted as the people of God, and they'll rule and reign in justice. And, or he'll bring Elijah, the one who was talked about in the book of Malachi, who is going to precede the great and coming and awesome day of the Lord. Or he'll bring him the prophet, the one who was like Moses, but even better, because every word that proceeded from his mouth was going to be the very word of God. And so there's all these aspects of, of a Messiah that they're looking for. They're Messiah being in, in Greek, Christ. And so there's all these aspects of the Christ, the Messiah, Elijah, the prophet, all these prophetic utterances that had happened in the Old Testament that they knew God would send them the great deliverer that they wanted. And he's coming, and, and there's this fevered pitch around it. And, and so they, they go to John, well, basically, who are you? They're asking, are you him? And he's saying, no, I'm not the deliverer you're looking for. I'm preparing a way for him. And he's here. He's in your midst, but I'm not him. And Jesus said this about himself when he began his ministry in Luke 4. He said, he took the scroll of Isaiah, the prophet, was handed to him. This is Jesus. He unrolled the scroll. He found the place where this was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim that captives will be released and that the blind will see. The oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to them. He said, today this is fulfilled in your midst. Jesus saw himself, at least in part, and I would say a big part, as the deliverer. The Savior, the one who would save people from things and save them into things. He was the deliverer of the world. And he said, if John's saying, listen, I'm not him. This, who you thought I was, I'm not him. Jesus is saying, I am him. I am your deliverer. I have come. And I'm here in your midst today. And so Christmas is a reminder that the Savior has come. The one who delivers has come. And I want to approach this last month of the year in a way that reminds us that God still sets people free today. And so the first thing I, I thought about when I was reflecting on this was that, you know, we, we need to seek a special delivery. This is a great month to seek a special delivery. What special delivery are we looking for from Christ? 
Okay? In essence, I'm saying, what do you want for Christmas? You know? Except it's not a material thing that has, you know, a, a temporal value and is here today, gone tomorrow. It's an eternal thing with a real weighty value. It has implications for this lifetime and the next to come. It has implications for how we live, the abundant life. I've come to bring you life, and that life more abundant. God wants to set us free of some things. But the first step is we kind of need to identify what are those things in our life that are hindering our relationship with God. What are the things that have been entrenched in me so long that I can't see myself getting out of this? And at different seasons of this journey, they're going to be different for all of us. So I made kind of a, a list. It's not an exhaustive list, but I think it covers a lot of things. And I, I want to just put that up for you right here and talk about a little bit. One would be unhealthy relationships. A lot of times relationships get in ruts. Things in our life people were supposed to love, we get familiar with. And maybe God wants to, to breathe some life into that. Other things might be... Um, financial difficulties or physical ailments. An obvious one would be chemical bondages or addictions. If you've ever been there, and I have, you know how impossible it seems for God to deliver you from something like that because you've tried it and you've tried it and you've tried it and you've tried it and every time you fail, you fail, you fail, you fail. And I know what it's like to get up in the morning and say, today is the day, today is the day, I'm going to get out just... If I could just make one day, and you can't make five minutes, you're not even in the shower, and you failed miserably. And I know what it's like to, you, if that happens day after day after year after year after year, and you put a couple of decades behind it, believe me, you have no hope for deliverance there. But there is hope. Because I, I am a living example that God can take Take those things away. He can break you free. He can set the captive free. Maybe it's not something that big. Maybe it's a little smaller entrenched habit. Maybe there's this an area of our life where we have continual, con, a continual falling. There's this defeat over and over again. Maybe it's not as, as, as entrenched as an addiction. But it's something we know, it hinders our ability to relate to God. It hinders our ability to be close to Him. And it hinders our ability to really have the abundant life. But I just can't break free of it. And I've had those as well. I remember, you know, if you put the, the addiction thing over here and it's like this big. And you say, that, that's that. Can God break that? And He broke that. The other thing maybe seems this tall. And you say, well, He, he got rid of that. How come this one's still here three years later? I don't get that. And God wants us to be free of that too. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. And it, if it takes time, it takes time. But God, the, the, he, he's come to set the captives free. Other things. Residue of past mistakes. If you had a past like mine, then you know how, how miserable it is when we fail. When we feel like we let God down and we, we, we live in shame. And we say, I don't amount to anything. How can I ever do anything for God? It's not worthwhile. Why do I even bother? And, and you, you just can't see yourself as valuable. You can't see yourself as loved by God. And God loves us in our mess. 
and he loves us cleaned up. And he wants to get us out of our mess, but he still loves us there. And it's hard for us to receive that. It's hard for us to understand that. We live in a world where most love is merited or earned. But the love of God is not merited or earned. The love of God calls us out of that stuff. It doesn't want to leave us in that mess, but it loves us even there. Some of the other things I thought about were apathy or lethargy, um, a lack of discipline, lack of progress in our spiritual life, uh, poor spiritual habits. And now I'm talking about things that instead of being breaking out of, breaking free of, we're breaking into. There's some breakthrough, a new season, a new, uh, a new, a new breath of fresh life that brings spiritual dimension to it. And so there's both the breaking out of and the breaking into that God wants to do in us. And all of us are going to be in different seasons. And maybe this, maybe what your special delivery isn't up there. But I want us to at least contemplate what it is in our life where we might feel like part of us is in exile. Part of us is far from God. Where are we hindered in our relationship with God? Where what area of our life do we need the breath of heaven on? What area of our life would we like to see delivered? What special delivery are we looking to? And I, I also thought about this. You know, it's not just seeking the deliverance. It's seeking the deliverer. Because the real power and the real breakthrough for the deliverance comes in the relationship. It comes from being close to God. If you read the Older Testament, the, the examples I talked about where God's people were enslaved or in bondage or in exile, far from God, there was this part of them that was far from God before they ever got there. What do I mean by that? It means their heart drifted off before the, their, they actually physically got captured. And God wants us to be close to him. You know, when they got themselves in position by drifting away from God, and they got themselves into positions where they were far from God, not only in the heart, but in the physical, all, when they cried out and turned back to God, that's when he delivered them. It's about relationship. God wanted them to trust him and come back to him and to call, upon, call on me and I will answer you. Draw near to me. I will draw near to you. It's like the prodigal son. We've been talking about the prodigal son for a couple of months now. It's not just about getting out of the far country. That's a good thing. Nobody wants to be in the, the big mess over here, the far country, sleeping with the pigs. It's about coming home. God wants us to come home. The real power for victory, the, the real uh, ability to break free from things comes when we get close to God. It's not just seeking. God's not a genie. We don't just rub the lamp and say, God, this is what I need. It's draw near to me. There's strength in that. There's power in that. Cry out. God answers. And my, my final reflection is, let's really follow through because I mean this is a I mean it's an interesting time of, of year this is December 1st 2nd is the first weekend of the last month of 2007 
I went to a men's retreat last month, and the speaker said something that's been sort of echoing in my heart ever since he said, nothing good is going to happen in 2008 that doesn't start in 2007. And I said, and I wrote it down, and I said, I know that God's saying something in that. In other words, we have, we have th this entire month to sort of make a journey towards 2008, planting seeds along the way that will harvest fruit in 2008, harvest fruit. And, and you know what? If there's something in our lives in 2007 we're kind of fed up with, we just, just want to get rid of, now's the time to go after it. It's a great time of year to go after. It's a perfect season to begin to just contend for things. Does this mean we're absolutely going to get a, a deliverance if we seek it? Well, I can tell you this. You will not get a deliverance if you don't seek it. We play a part in it. And there are things in my life that I've put up with and put up with and put up with and I never really contended for or took to God. And nothing's ever going to change until I say, God, I want to be free of this. And I say, I, I, I'm going to bring this to you. I really want to be free of this. And whether or not I get free tomorrow, the next day, or a year from now, it doesn't matter. I'm going to contend for it. Because I know, Lord God, that when I'm drawing near to you, when I'm seeking to deliver, when I'm, when I'm pursuing a greater relationship with you, I'm going to get more of you in my life. Even if I don't get completely free of everything this second, I'm going to get more God in my life and I'm going to begin to, uh, to live a more abundant life. I'm going to be able to live for God better and better and better and better. And I told you I had big stuff and I had little things. And some of those little things took years to break through. And, but I had to contend. I had to keep going after them. And, I, and God may have left them there on purpose just to keep me from saying, Lord, I need you in this. I need you in this. And remind me of how much I need him. So what I'm saying is, let's contend, let's follow through, let's go after this thing, let's use this month to prepare for whatever it is God wants to do in our lives in 2008. What special delivery do we want now so that 2008 is fruitful? And so what does that look like? Well, it can look like a lot of different things. It can look, I mean, God, you can't put God in a box, and he works in everybody's lives differently, but I can tell you how he's been working in my life over the years. And the first thing I thought of was, was how when I had that stuff that was, I was stuck in for a few years, I had a group of men that I was praying with each week. And I came into this church, I met a couple guys, and we just met every week, and most of the time we just had fun. And we were young, so we ate a lot of pizza, and I was single. And it was great. It was a great time. <laughs> it's better now that I'm married, but... <laughs> I can't eat pizza anymore either. <laughs> but we'd meet every week and we'd go after and we would tell each other the stuff that we were not happy with, the junk in our lives, and we would say, look, help me, because there's power in, in, in numbers. Two are better than one. A threefold cord is not easily broken. We'd get together and we'd say, what's, what's in your life can we, do we need to pray for? What do, we, what do you need to break out of? What do you need to break into? And we pray for one another, and we just be honest. And there's real power in that. And the Lord begins to work in that. Maybe it's just believing enough that God wants to help us. I've been there where you think, God, you know what? I know God could do this. God's God. He made the universe. I'm sure he could do this, but I don't think he's going to do it in my life because it's been around too long. 
So I stopped praying about it. It's just there. And I've, I've ordered my life around it. And maybe this is a season where we begin to believe that God really actually wants to break us out of that. He wants to have some breakthrough. He wants to deliver us. He wants to set the captive free. And so it, maybe it's just having enough faith to believe, God, I know you want this out of my life, and so I'm going to begin to contend for it again. Maybe it's new, these new spiritual habits we talked about or renewed spiritual habits if we've lost them. And I talked about the classes we teach over there in January and February. There are classes that we teach on prayer, how to pray, how to read your Bible, study the scriptures, how, how to live in fellowship with other believers, how to forgive people. Uh, there's a connection series where you learn about uh, you know, how to have a relationship with God or how to get involved in ministry and begin to serve along with, with other members of of this particular church. And so, you know, whatever it is, we need to begin the habit now. Maybe it's the devotional. We handed out a devotional last week. If you didn't get one, we have some more at the connection counter. But it started December 1st. And maybe it's just taking five minutes a day to look at something and meditate on God's word for a few minutes. To start our day by saying, God, I'm putting you first. Uh, I'm going to just, I'm going to start a It takes a month. They say it takes 28 days to have a habit. So December 2nd is perfect. By, if we do that meditation every day by next year, it's ingrained. And we'll be doing it every day. I mean, maybe it's that. There are a lot of things it could be. But it has to do with engaging the spiritual life at a new level. And some of us have been doing this for a long time. And we're in a routine that maybe seems to fit. And I can do it. Like going through the motions. But maybe we just need new passion. We need to break out of our apathy, our lethargy. We just need to go after things in God a little bit harder. Whatever it is, whatever it is, let's identify it. And let's go after it. Let's follow through with it. God can break us out. Of, God, the deliverer came to set the captives free, but we play a part. Because if we have no intention of letting it go, if we don't even recognize it, if we never identify it, if we never say, God, I want to be free with it, if we never pray about it, if we never get with other people and say, I'm going to contend for this, it's not going away. He is the deliverer and he has come to deliver. But we play a role in it. And so let's follow through. Let's take this month to really go after things in God. Let's prepare ourselves in 2007 to receive the full fruitfulness that God wants to have in us in 2008. So, Lord, Jesus, the ultimate special delivery, the baby delivered unto a broken world, the perfect baby delivered unto a broken world, to save it, to deliver it, not just from the brokenness, but deliver it back to you, to deliver us unto God, to deliver us from the brokenness, and to deliver us back to God. I pray, Lord, that you would work a special delivery in all of us this season. Whatever it is that's been holding us back, whatever it is that we need to contend for, whatever it is that we know, Lord God, is hindering our ability to relate to you, help us to identify it, help us to go after it, and deliver us from it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.